Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. You are about to meet someone, my friend, John Jantz, who has a reputation for being one of the most practical marketing strategists in the world for small business owners. He and I actually met years ago. We shared the stage at an amazing event called Social Media Marketing World, which we love. Our very close mutual friend, Jay Bear, introduced us. And then over the years, we've just kind of known of each other. John is the author of several books. I mean, Duct Tape Marketing, I guess you would say is maybe his flagship book. Duct Tape <laughs> right. Marketing has been, um, you know, it's, it's become a main ubiquitous term in the marketing world, which we'll talk a little bit about. He also has an agency. They do done for you work. They work with companies, you know, all over the place. He's been featured in all types of major media, spoken at large events. You know, he's spoken for Ted. He's just a really amazing guy. And he also has one of the biggest marketing podcasts in the universe of iTunes. And so we connected recently at an author mastermind group that joined up and I thought you got to meet John if you don't know him. So welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. And I'll give my first personal branding tip. You introduced me as one of the world's most practical small business marketing experts. That was actually a line I made up and started saying and saying and saying. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, you kind of have to deliver on that. But, it, you know, it was sort of a self-proclaimed title that over time I sort of made happen. But that's my first branding. Tip. I mean, I, I love that because I think, you know, do you know Sally Hogshead? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Sally's amazing. And, you know, everyone's always like, try to be outside the box, be outside the box. But, you know, she taught me this lesson when you're trying to market your business, you actually want to put yourself inside a box. Yeah. Something that people can clearly define as like, you're the person on this. And most of that, especially when you first start, you just make it up and then it becomes real. Well, again, I think you have to deliver on it, but you know, you're the one who gets to at least frame it and define it. I mean, it, you know, it, whether it's true or not, it'll be told by, you know, how the market perceives it, but, but, but framing it, defining it, you know, one of the things I think that's beautiful about doing that too, is that, you know, a lot of people have come and gone with this platform or that platform and being like, oh, I'm going to be the early mover on that. I think when you have a, a point of view, you know, about here's what I believe, you know, sometimes some of that stuff becomes not that relevant. I mean, platforms come and go. You know, for example, you know, I've basically I've said marketing is a system, um, and that uh, you know it starts with strategy before tactics. And I have that's 
been my mantra for 25 years now. And frankly, you know, it's independent of any of the platforms coming and going because that's, I believe that that, that will never change when it comes to, you know, working with and consulting with small businesses. Totally. And so can you take us, can you take us to the, I know this is like kind of the original work, but duct tape marketing, can you just like tell us what the premise is and like what that's all about? Cause I think it's super relevant here. I'll just give you, and I can do this pretty quickly, but the whole backstory, you know, I started my own marketing consulting firm about 30 years ago. I, I right out of college worked for a, an ad agency for about five years and said, you know, any dummy can do this. I'll, I'll launch my own business. And, and, <laughs> How every uh, entrepreneur starts. Exactly. I, mean, I have no uh, idea. Can, any idiot can do this on their own. <laughs> I had no plan. You know, I, I knew I could hustle work. And so I got projects, you know, big companies, big projects, little companies, little projects, and took whatever came along. And at some point I realized I really like working with small business owners. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, you're working with the person you know, not necessarily a department, you know, or a company. And I, I just really love that. But they're also really frustrating because, you know, I'd had kind of agency training and I was like, well, this is how you do it. And, you know, they don't have the same budgets or attention spans or, yeah. you know, or anything. And so one day I just said, look, I'm going to create a way where I can walk into somebody and say, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here are the results we hope to get. And by the way, here's what it costs. Do you want it? And, you know, after the first three people said, like, where have you been? I realized that in trying to solve my frustration, I was actually tapping into what is still today one of the greatest frustrations for entrepreneurs and business owners. It's very hard to buy marketing services because everybody's mm-hmm. selling a piece of it or you know, this idea of the week or that idea of the week. And, and so they just kind of lose control of it. And so the fact that somebody was kind of bringing them a package <laughs> called marketing made a ton of sense. Because I was sort of productizing, if you will, a service of marketing, sure. I, I thought it had to have a name, it had to have a brand. And, you know, John's consulting service didn't really cut it. And so uh, I just on a whim, quite frankly, started calling it duct tape marketing. It was because of my years of working with small business owners, it, it kind of was this idea of, look, you know, you're making it happen. You're making it up every day. Some days it feels like, you know, it doesn't have to be always have to be perfect. It doesn't always have to be pretty. It just has to work. And I think a lot of people kind of associate that sort of practical idea with the actual tool of duct tape. So that was the metaphor Mm. that I was really, really trying to play off of. And it just, you know, for a lot, I mean, there's a strange affection in the US at least, maybe in Canada too, with duct tape. So it, it kind of played on that sort of fondness that some people have even jokingly, but also really kind of hit home with the sort of practical nature of let's just get this thing to work. Yeah, I, so I love that. It also has kind of the like double entendre, if you will, of stickiness, which is right. like what you want your marketing to be. Yeah. But, you know, when you say it just has to work, I think there is like this myth because we've been small business owners several times, we've been startups several times, right. that it's like you think that, oh, there's these large companies or, you know, let's say like a multi seven figure, an eight figure company that, gosh, they just have all these beautiful marketing systems figured out and dialed in. And it's like, they freaking don't. It's a mess. I mean, we interviewed Amanda Tress, not that she's not a mess at all, but but she admitted she's got a $50 million business and she's running on spreadsheets. Yeah. Like, it's crazy of going, it doesn't have to be pretty, it just has to work. So I, I love that. And I think that's a, you know, that is duct tape, right? Just well, duct tape it. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the best way. I'm just tapping into reality. 
that that sure. is just as you mentioned, <laughs> that just is the reality of how so many people do it. I mean, there are definitely more beautiful ways in which to build a business if you've got everything figured out, if you've got the funding, if you've got the, you know, the patience, if you're not stressed out, you know, there are a lot of beautiful ways to build a business. But what I was trying to tap into was the fact that people are saying, yeah, that, that is what we're doing. Can we actually take that and turn it into a system? So relating this to personal brands, because I know you work with all different types of small businesses. You are an example of like, you know, the, the, the kind of people we serve, authors, speakers, consultants. I feel like we have a lot. I'm going to take advantage of a free coaching call here because a lot <laughs> of our members, what we've, they've been doing is they've been building their product, yeah. right? So they're, yeah. they're in that stage where it's like, okay, they've been wrestling with building their product, whether it's a physical product or it's a video course or a coaching program or whatever. And then one day they go, oh, I'm done building it. Now I actually have to do something to tell people that it's here. Can you talk a little bit about both the mindset and then also maybe some of the tactics, you know, tactical advice that you would give to somebody in that moment? It's like, okay, I now have my widget. What's the first thing I should go do to like create my first customer, you know, or my first lead from, from marketing? Well, so I will botch this, but there is a Chinese proverb that that goes something like, uh, when's the best time to plant a tree? And the answer is 20 years ago, (laughs) you know, but if you didn't do it, then today is the best time to plant it. So my point in that is that, you know, and I know that a lot of things have changed in, you know, the world, you know, in the last 20 years, but, you know, I started building a following before I had any idea what I was going to sell to them. You know, I started talking to people. I started educating. I loved sharing my ideas. I mean, I had clients. And so I talked about what my, what worked for my clients. You know, that's the first bit of advice, which doesn't really answer your question. But I mean, that's the mm. first bit. Don't wait till you have a perfect product. You know, go out and start talking to people. Go out and start seeing if it resonates. Go out and get their advice. I know some of the first couple of courses I built with potential customers. Mm. I said, hey, come on in here. Here's what I'm thinking oh, that doesn't work for you. Okay, what if we did this? You know, and then it was like, okay, here's round two. I mean, so, so start doing it with people as opposed, I mean, I, I know I had a couple products that I did, you know, I sat in a room and launched, I said, oh no, the world needs this, you know? And, and then it was like, press go. And like nothing, you know, nobody uh, wanted it. It didn't crickets. make sense. You know, it was, it was the wrong price. It was all those things. So, you know, that to me is, is what you have to do is you have to actually just go start talking to people. I mean, even if you're not done, you know, here's what it's going to be. You know, here's what it's going to look like. Here's what the problem it solves. Again, still probably haven't answered your question directly, but I mean, I think well, but I think it's important because it's like the pre-launch, right? <laughs> yeah, is to go yeah. build the audience before you build the product. Like that's a great thing, and and it sounds like the way you built the audience was basically like just teaching and talking yeah, about what you were yeah. interested in and asking questions and like sharing what you know, and then people started following, and then it was like they were basically they were there when you were ready to launch something? That's right. But, but I think also, you know, you get kind of, I mean, people talk about beta users. I mean, the early adopters, I mean, you get people that actually help you improve it, what it is that you're building. And that's the part that I love. And then those people, generally speaking, become evangelists, not just buyers. There was a practice right when AdWords maybe kind of came around. And so this is this is probably 20 years ago. And I don't think it's taught anymore, but I think it's instructional. And you could buy clicks back in the good old days for about 10 cents, you know, on some things. Uh, a lot of marketers would actually put up landing pages and advertise products and courses and eBooks and all kinds of stuff that didn't exist. 
and then literally would take some of those early opt-ins and early buyers and, and create the product with, you know, they found out which one was the most popular. Again, probably shady, <laughs> probably a bit unethical, <laughs> certainly not affordable today, you know, because of the, the, the online space has changed so much. But I think it's instructional in that when I start thinking of an idea, I start writing about it as though it is ex- not, not like I have this course, but here's the premise behind this idea. You know, here's the problem I'm trying to solve. Here's what I think is broken. And you start immediately getting feedback from people about not only is that a good idea or a bad idea, but maybe, you know, how to actually go about solving. Yeah. And I, I hear that you kind of saying that that's kind of similar to what you did. Uh, you weren't like landing, landing pages for collecting money for things that didn't right. exist, but you were doing that early adaptive, right. like come in here, be a beta user and then test well, it out. You and I have a, a mutual friend, Mike Michalowicz, that I think just uh, has done yeah. something brilliantly over the years. He gets an idea you know, for a book. In, in his mind, his product really is his book. He gets an idea for it and he just starts talking about it, gets a group of people interested in the idea, and then he just holds a two-day workshop. And they actually come and they build, you know, how this idea would work, which ultimately turns into his book, which then ultimately turns into a course, which ultimately then turns into a consulting or coaching licensing, you know, program. And he's, he's, replicated that model about five times now, you know, and you know, what he's personally selling is, is the book itself. And, you know, he's selling hundreds of thousands of copies of books now using this kind of proven method of, of actually having before he even writes one word, or maybe before he even pitches it to a publisher, he's got a really good book written or, or outline created and even some case studies maybe for the book, which then again, his books explode into other things. But I think that's a, I think that's a really informative model. Yeah. So let's say you do that. Is there anything that you go, whether it's a book or a course yeah. or whatever, I think that there's this fear, you know, for every entrepreneur is going, oh crap, like what do I do? You said there's so many platforms, right? So it's like, yeah well, should I start a podcast? Should I do Google ads? Should I buy Facebook ads? Should I have a Facebook group? Should I send emails? Should I go knock on doors? How do you navigate that list of a bazillion things you could do to figure out what you should do? Sure. You know, if you've built a product and now you're facing like, I'm not going to eat unless I sell some of this. To me, the easiest thing is go out and find people who already have a list, who already have a following and figure out a way to add value to their community. I mean, that's the fastest way. You know, if I came to you or you've got a community and I came to you and I said, Hey, I've got this thing that'd be great for your community. You know, we can, you know, we can revenue share or I'll give it away or whatever it is. That's the fastest way to start building some things. Mm. So just find an audience that already exists that has an appetite for what you're offering. Yeah. I mean, that's the fastest way. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody, you know, you go, oh, I'm going to go talk to this person who I know has 2 million followers and they're going to put, you know, obviously it's a relationship building. It's, you know, I've got to have something of value for that person. It's not just about the money. It's about serving their community, uh, hopefully. So, I mean, that's the fastest way. But, but ultimately, you know, what I believe still today, even though a lot of people talk about Facebook and communities and groups and all that stuff, focus on building the list. The email Mm. list is pretty much going to be everything for you. So if you're going to be on Facebook, if you're going to have a podcast, you know, if you're going to be doing videos on YouTube, somehow connect those back to a reason why somebody would give you their email address. Uh, Because that's, you know, I'm not saying that just build an email list and it's like minting money, you know, but that's how you build the community, the long-term connection to the community that you own. Yeah. 
So the email list certainly is like always really good reminder. Also though, I, I do think people were so consumed with the idea of building a following, yeah. which, you know, I don't know for you, but for me, every time we've done it and we've now done it three times from scratch, it's been slow and painful and hard and it takes a long time. That's right. And you, you there, it's like, what else are you going to do? You got to do it. But there, if there is a shortcut, it's going, who has my audience already? And what can I do for that community and that person to get in front of them? That is so profound. I think it's, it's simple, but it's easy to overlook that, that your audience exists somewhere already. Well, it doesn't just have to be, because a lot of times when people immediately think of, you know, who are the A-listers, you know, that everybody knows and they want to go to those folks. But there are all these companies out there. You know, I, I started, my, my first big sort of success in that, realm of kind of partnering. And again, this was early on and, you know, where not everybody was producing all kinds of educational content, but I produced a, an ebook for a software company. Well, I, they didn't know I produced it for them, but I, I produced it, reached out to them and said, Hey, all of your customers are small business owners. They're all trying to learn how to market. If they're better marketers, they're going to buy more of your software. And so what if we did this thing where we co-branded this ebook? And I probably got 30,000 subscribers, you know, over a five-year period from that relationship. You know, there are wow. lots and lots of people that need, you know, what you have to say <laughs> and have an audience that, they, that if you can make it right for them, make it valuable for them, then, you know, you'll be invited in as a friend. And, and effectively, I mean, I did thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of business with those people, the, the, their resellers, you know, because I was shown, you know, seen as this expert. In a lot of ways, it, it really launched the commercial side of duct tape marketing from a, you know, consulting side. See, I love that because everyone goes, yeah, I want Tony Robbins to send an email blast for me. Well, okay. It might like, it it might take a minute, right? For that to happen. But these companies or the other one would be like associations, right? Associations are desperate for content and training for their members. And if you can show up and do a free training, now it's like their email list became your email list. And then, and it actually could become that way if you capture those, those emails. I mean, that's, and when you do it with a company, they're not trying to sell the same thing you are. They're just trying to serve the same people you are. That's right. And a lot of ways, the way they're going to look at it is, hey, this is, this is work we don't have to do. And it's a value add for our customers, you know, whereas the other influencers like, I, I got only so many times I can send to my list, right? <laughs> and right. so, it, so, the, so the, the calculus for them is, you know, it's going to be much more what's in it for me that whereas the company, it's going to be much more theoretically, you know, is this, is, well, uh, it's still going to be what's in it for me, but the math is different. What's in it for me is I don't have to do it now. And my, you're not both trying to get the same thing. (laughs) You're both going for different things. Exactly. That's amazing. Every company has a database of customers and you might have a zero email list, but you go, somebody is servicing small businesses. Someone is servicing, you know, single moms. Someone is servicing, you know, gym owners in some way. And, you know, you just figure out who you get in front of. So I really love, I really love that. If like, if there is a shortcut, that would be it. Everybody starting a business should, that should be their first marketing. I mean, they got to build all the other stuff, but that's the jump start. So what about paid? Can we talk about well, actually, before we get to paid, let's talk SEO because you actually have a book on this. You know something about SEO. And what do you think small business owners need to know about 
SEO? Because it's kind of like this, oh, this ninja tactic, like high yeah. level tech thing, but you know, there's a lot of simplicity to it too. You know, and I, I thought it was interesting when I found out you had written a book on SEO because I was like, gosh, you know, I, in my mind, I almost think of it as like a big business strategy. Uh, and, and yet, you know, you obviously see the, the application for super small businesses. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you think about uh, the services that you buy or, you know, you travel a, a lot back when people used to do that, you know, you'd come into a town. It's like, eh, I want to find a restaurant. I want to get my hair cut. I want to, you know, whatever. I mean, we turn to a search, right, for that. And, you know, because you're holding a phone, Google says, oh, you're in that town and 3.4 miles, you can find this thing. Well, that's all SEO. I mean, that's, you know, if local businesses aren't showing up in the maps pack or, you know, the, the various ways that they show up in, in search, I mean, they, they don't exist in, in a lot of cases. So it is, Certainly, you know, a big business strategy. It's an every business strategy just because of the buying behavior, you know, today. We all, I would guess that, that you know, 90% of purchases today start with some form of search. If somebody came to you and said, you need to hire this duct tape marketing company. I mean, they're amazing. You know, you're certainly going to turn online. You're not going to pick up a phone and call me. I mean, you're going to do a search. And maybe if you're trying to figure out if I'm, you know, if I'm legit or not, you're going to deeply search and see what they, what other people are saying and stuff. So at any rate, SEO is hyper, hyper important for every business, probably more important for smaller businesses who don't have, you know, budgets to blast over the airwaves. When you talk about the budget, so what do I need to do as a small yeah. business owner, right? Like I don't have yeah. a bunch of money to do paid. Yeah. Like what do I actually need to yeah. do when it comes to SEO? So truthfully, SEO is a long-term game. And a lot of people don't want to tell you that. A lot of people want to tell you, oh no, you just, Amen. you hire us to SEO this stuff. Well, what you have to realize is that search engine optimization is a strategic combination of your website, your structure of your website, your content, and then some technical factors. It's not like black magic. It, if you don't have great content, if your website's not set up the right way, you know, for that content to be structured and displayed, and then there's some little off, you know, are there other signals out there in the world of other people saying your content's great? That's really the part that people miss. I mean, it, it begins and ends with good relevant, useful content that's structured in the right way. I can't, if you hired me and you don't have much content or it's a bunch of crap, I can't help you, you know, from an SEO standpoint. And that's the mm. part that I think a lot of people misunderstand. The, the optimization part is to take good, useful content that's structured in a way that makes sense to Google and to, to send more signals. That's the optimized part. So there are on-page things that you can do in terms of internal linking, you know, amount of keyword structure, there's thing, a goofy thing called structured data and a goofy thing called metadata, which we won't get into. But it's all pretty simple stuff. And it's gotten simpler because, hey, people have written plugins that make all that stuff, you know, happen for yeah. you. So all of the on-page stuff is just a matter of paying attention. And then there's clearly some off, what, what people call off-page signals. And those are just, do other people like you? Are other people linking to your content? Do you get mentioned in social media or does your content get mentioned in social media and shared and circulated? I mean, when it really comes down to, to it, it's great content on your site. It's then content that's linking back to your content on other people's sites. I mean, that's really it. But it, it, to me, it all begins and ends with content that is useful, you know, based on what people are searching. You mentioned something weird. You on the, going back to the on page. You said there's something weird called data. What structured data? Um, what is structured data? Well, it's just some HTML code that tells Google very specifically what something is. This is a book. 
this is a person, you know, this is an address, this is a local business, this is a blog post, this is a list of products, this is a list of reviews. I mean, so it's a whole set of different types of data that if you add, you know, the HTML code to the data that's under the hood, you know, in your website structure, it's just another very uh, potent uh, round of information for Google. So it's, it's kind of similar to metadata, although metadata can be visible like on search, but it's, it's yeah. just a, like you're saying, it's a signal back to Google saying, yeah. this is what lives here on this page. Well, and maybe this is what this specific item is. So a lot of times, like if you do a search, real easy examples, you do a search for a movie theater, you know, or, you know, best new movies in 2020. And, you know, you'll see a list that is basically structured data. You know, it's here's all the movies, here's the movie times, here's the price, here's the theaters, you know, so it's a table, you know, that's presented in your search results. Well, that, you know, that table is constructed, you know, using structured data to tell Google, this is what this stuff is, because, you know, there could be something like, you know, duct tape marketing. Is that a book? Is that a podcast? Is that a blog? You know, is that a company name? And so uh, a lot of what it's do you're using structured data to is to not let not not leave Google to guess, you know, what it is that that, that thing is. You know, you're saying, no, I'm talking about the book. Interesting. I didn't know that. So when you see like the little tables that pop up, it's just basically directly populating stuff right off of sites based on what the structured data like input is or signal is. That's right. And we've had structured data for a long time. If you think about lists, you know, lists are basically structured data. You know, you see, but whether it's a numbered list or an unordered list with, with bullet points, that's structured data, it, it, the concept of structured data. But now we're basically just putting HTML code around all that stuff to say, this is a list of books. This is a list of authors. Interesting. And so it's like for each element almost on a page, you could have yeah. some structured data because you would have like your H1 tags, H2 right. tags, meta tags, your t- the page title, the URL, those are all things that would are signals. But then the, this is interesting. I've never heard this before. Like I'm, Well, this well is, we've gotten very deep in the weeds here, but the good news is, as I said, there are some- But you're the uh, most practical small <laughs> business <right>. marketing <laughs> expert. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The good news is there are WordPress plugins. If your site's on WordPress that you add to the site and essentially then every page you'll have the ability to fill in elements that you want. So you're not actually having to get in there and write HTML code yourself. Code. Yeah. And it's, a, you know, for local businesses, I mean, it, it actually, it actually brings in not only the address, but the la- latitude and longitude, you know, of their business. I mean, so it's a very, very specific signal to Google. Yeah, this is a local business. Wow, that is awesome. Well, there you go. I mean, we're, there's, there's a lot to learn here and you see like there's the strategy and then there is the tactics. That's but- right. Thanks for this, John, and for this introduction. I mean, super, super interesting and useful stuff. Where should people go if they want to connect with you or learn more about duct tape marketing and the stuff that you do? Sure. So the easiest place is just pretty much everything I've written for the last couple of decades. Uh, You could find at ducttapemarketing.com and that's D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com. Do you own duct tape, like D-U-C-K tapemarketing.com? Well, just plug it into plug it into a search engine someday and, s- and see. see what happens. But yeah, no, I, I, wanna... <laughs> I, I, I bought pretty much every variation of the spelling, and so it all they they all just redirect to to 
to the uh, right spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So you get a spelling lesson. You get a bonus spelling lesson <laughs> as well as because more, more than one more than one time, you know, when I've been out there speaking in the world and whatnot, and they'll have in the program, you know, like it. Not a, it didn't happen at social media marketing world, but but it has happened before. Uh, you know where the, where people will put John Jance D U C K. T-A-P-E marketing. <laughs> so. uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the D and the F are also right next to each other on the keyboard. Yeah, that's so right. that well, then, could and, be a and, bad mix up. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. Well, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, confusing part is there actually is a brand of duct tape. That is the right. duct brand. Do you want a history lesson on where the name duct tape marketing or not duct tape marketing, but duct tape came from? We probably don't have time for that. We might have to do that on another one. I mean, if, if, it, if you go for it, if you think it's relevant. It's not relevant at all. But um, Well, then definitely do it. I mean, that's what we're really interested in is the irrelevant stuff. So, so World War II, the yeah, Army commissioned a company to make some tape that would help them repair the tops of those canvas Jeeps. It had to be waterproof. You know, had to really stick. And so it was called something like GP47, you know, fix it or something. And all the GIs just called it duct tape because of the, you know, it was, it, it was waterproof, you know, so they, they were talking about D-U-C-K. After World War II ended, we started putting air conditioning in homes. So that was, you know, all the venting and everything that ran through those homes. And some of these ingenious GIs said, hey, you know what, this stuff actually seals the seams and the gaps between D-U-C-T ducts uh, in their air conditioning. And so it officially became duct tape because it was used in that fashion. Nobody uses it for that anymore, but uh, now it's sort of universally loved and they fix it for everything. So I don't know if that was interesting or not. But that was, was super that was... interesting. I mean, that is like, what? That is the, you just won somebody $100,000 on a future episode of Jeopardy or something. You know, you remember John Jan on the Influential Personal Brand Podcast when you, you know, you send us a little referral fee when you get that quiz question right. I had never heard that. And I, I have actually wondered that before. Like, where in the heck, like, where in the heck does this name come from? Well, we'll put a link there to ducttapemarketing.com. John Jantz, which is pronounced like pants, but spelled a little bit different. But if you search duct tape marketing, you will find John. And uh, obviously, we'll link up to him, all of his social profiles on our blog and stuff. Well, John, thank you for being here. And just for your consistent commitment to marketing principles that have you know, outlasted all sorts of different platforms over a couple decades. And certainly your personal brand has stood the test of time, which is a great testament. And we're so glad to have you. Thanks for it. It was a pleasure. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into 
podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.